What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Twilight Nine podcast. This is episode 106 for the second time. I'm your host, Riley, joined by Mr. Andy Nesbitt. We already recorded this episode uh, yesterday. Technical yes. difficulties. Um, I don't think anything changes. We can still talk about your trip to Medina, or you can yeah. tell the people about your trip to Medina because I already know what happened. But Right. I think, I think my excitement level yesterday of playing four days of amazing golf, uh, drinking 1700 high noons. Like what happened to our recording yesterday was basically what happened to my body Sunday afternoon when I got home from Chicago, right? Like it should work. Everything should be functioning. You press play and nothing goes the way you think it's going to go. Yep. So a little bit disappointed, but what are you going to do? There is some, it kind of works out a little bit because there were some new developments with Mm -hmm. camp. My dog is freaking out. Can you hear that? My dog is freaking out. No. Um, Cameron Smith to live, which we already kind of knew Mark Leishman to live also, but that kind of takes, takes a backseat to Cam Smith. Obviously he's the number two player in the world when the players won the open. So he's going to live uh, contract, I think is right around a hundred million dollars, maybe a little bit more than that. The official report or whatever hasn't come out. He had a press conference, which credit to him. He is still doing that press conference. I do have to give him that yesterday at the FedEx St. Jude. Um, but yeah, he's going to live. I called him a coward today, my morning column for the win, um, for how he handled yesterday's press conference. How he handled like, it? Yes. Like he comes out, uh, no comment. I'm just here for, I'm just here for, uh, to win the, the playoffs. It's like if, if this report's out there and, you, and you've signed the agreement, which I'm pretty sure he has, right, at this moment, you got to come out there and just say it, man. You got to own it. And like, you got to like take, he's like, I don't want any distractions. I'm here to play with the playoffs. Like, you're playing in the playoffs in the league that you're leaving. So like, if you're going to take this big money, you're going to take this check, you're going to take this life, like you have to deal with some of the blowback. That's just, that's what it is. And, you know, I haven't seen a guy's reputation get tarnished so quickly from, you know, his win in Maui, his win at the players with gutsy shots, his unbelievable final round at, um, at the 150th open championship. Like everyone was in awe of him. And now it's like, just like, it's a bummer, right? It is a bummer because of all after, the names that have gone, this is the biggest bummer easily by far. Oh, I don't even think it's, I don't even think it's close. I haven't really been, and there's been a lot of guys to leave. Obviously this is the first time where I think that cam is a huge blow for the PGA tour. Cause mm-hmm. he was after his open win at St. Andrews, he was on the precipice of being probably one of the top, what five names on the PGA tour probably. Yeah. And and then he goes and immediately he's asked about live in this press conference at St. Andrews. And he, and he gives that weird answer that Brooks Kepka gave at the U S open. Like, I can't believe you're asking me about this right now. And then that yeah. was kind of like, e, that's not a great answer. No. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, would you rather him not had his press conference? No, I mean, he has to have it, but he has to, if you're going to have it and not say anything, like, I'm not yeah, because I think, it. um, what Jay has been, suspending players once they tee it up in a live event. I'm pretty sure. So he would have been fine if he came out yesterday at the press conference and had said, yes, I'm, I'm leaving to go to live. Yeah. So I don't know. I do kind of agree with you. His answers are shitty, but I mean, you can't like now for the next what three tournaments where he's going to be in, it's going to be like, eh, it's going to be like, like like the elephant in the room is going to be there. And it's like, just come out, rip the band off. Say, hey, I'm going to live. 
sorry guys. Like I'm getting a hundred million dollars. I know I said last year that I don't need any more money, but I didn't know I was ever going to get a check for a hundred million dollars. So I'm going to go there and I'm going to try to win this tournament. Go all heel, turn full heel. Just if that's what you're going to do, do it. Don't go. I don't want to talk about it. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it when I feel like it. You guys know my word. You guys know my words. Like, well, your word is kind of lying to us right now. So like, what, what kind of credit do we give your words? So just come on, say it, Cam. I mean, come on. Be as gutsy as you were on that final round of the 150th championship. Be as gutsy as you were when you hit that chip shot from 50 yards out on the 18th at the TPC Sawgrass. Don't back down now, Cameron. Last year before the BMW championship, he was asked about what he would do with the $15 million purse that goes to the winner of the FedEx Cup. I believe it's $18 million now, but last year it was fifteen. And he said, I don't know. I'm pretty set, to be honest. I'm good. I'm good with what I've got. I don't know what I do, to be honest. Right. Turn around. But there is a big old difference between $100 million and $15 million, I guess. Sure. And he said, what, before the Players Championship, when they talked about the purse there, and he was like, I don't know what I'd do with it. I'd probably just buy some more fishing gear because I already have everything. And like, I get it with Cannon. You know, it does make sense for him in a way of like, we've talked about where he's, he's now qualified for the, the, ma- the majors for the next five years. He's got the British till he's 60. So like, he, he doesn't have to worry about losing world ranking points. If he wants to go play, well, he's still now going to have to play a shit ton of events for live because they just keep adding stuff, traveling all over the world. That's up to him, but I don't know, man. If you're going to do it, like you're, you're kind of spitting in the eye of all the guys that are you're going to be playing alongside in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing. I know that we, it's it's a bummer because we had to record obviously this morning. Um, but Kyle Porter sent out a great tweet this morning that I retweeted, and it was the interview schedule mm-hmm. in that Birdman photo where he's going like this or whatever. He's rubbing yeah. his hands because it's JT and Rory yeah. this morning after what happened yeah. uh, F, F yesterday. So I'm very excited to see see what Rory and JT are going to say. Today. Yeah, and it's been mild. Like we we talked about it. It's like now that it's now that they tried to sue their way in. Now it's becoming the more personal level of, of live. Where it's like at first, like hey, if you want to go, go, but you can't come back. And now some of them tried to come back, and you saw guys like Kisner and other guys speaking up, like like saying like I don't want to deal with that. Those guys, those, they shouldn't be trying to come back. And so. I look forward to seeing what JT and Rory have to say, but for whatever happens, the biggest losers in all this are us. Right. And that's why I, that's why I'm so upset about it. That's why when people write to me that I'm a PGA tour show, I'm not, I just want the, I want the best sport out there and this doesn't do it. I want the best golf product on a weekly basis. Right. Right. Now we're down to having live is never going to be there. Live is never going to be like a really great golf product. I don't think anyway, like I'm not interested in watching all those guys to some, maybe that wear the red hats and want to go watch golf in, in Portland once a year. I don't understand. Like I get, there's a lot of big names there and people are like, it's great. We get to see the best players in the world. Like, first of all, you don't second of all, like, if they're not playing for anything, what's the point? Like, I don't care if Cam Smith gets 4.5 million. I don't care if Dustin Johnson gets more money. I don't care if these teams get like, I've Am I crazy for thinking like this? Not <laughs> there's nothing into it for me. No, because there's there's just like it's it's like with every like startup league circuit, whatever you want to call it. When you start something, it means nothing. Mm. It just the tournaments mean not who cares who won at Trub. And even twenty years down the line, no one's gonna be like, man, do you remember when Henrik Stenson won for the first time at Trub Bedminster in New Jersey? Yeah. No one is going to give a fuck. No and it's just, there's no, there's no rooting interest. I don't really get the whole team thing. I don't get the whole team aspect. It doesn't make any sense. 
taking an event seriously when it's a shotgun start 54 holes. You can't. That's a, what a fucking yeah. member guest is at the country club down the street. It means we'll nothing. Get, we'll get into that member guest later on in this podcast. Correct. We will talk about the Medina because that, is, <laughs> that yes. does mean something. But it yeah. doesn't. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, 54 holes, no cut. Like Rom said it months ago. It's like if you're a competitive dude, like it's just a, it's a money grab. That's all. It's like Pat Perez is like making $750,000 a tournament. Uh, for playing terrible golf phil mickelson got 200 million dollars to shoot 26 overs for the first three tournaments like none of it means anything yeah and that's not like you said it's not in years to come like these teams you're not gonna i don't see myself being in five years being like man can uh can punch this punch rate and rebound from last year's bad season right yeah is torque gonna come back is torque gonna win the third straight time (laughs) yeah it's just it's crazy because there's a lot of and you because we had Adam at the, we sent one of our reporters to the, uh, what was the, the New Jersey stop. Yeah. And he talked to, he wrote a, he wrote a thing where he talked to a bunch of fans around the golf course or whatever. And they just, they're there to watch golf. And they, I don't know if it's just because they like don't watch golf on a weekly basis. They don't really keep up with it, but I feel like the fans of live just aren't super educated on who's actually good at golf right now. No, yeah, and that's not think- that's not insulting, but like when you're getting super excited to watch Phil Mickelson, and it's like, dude, he's gonna shoot 77 pretty much every time he plays golf. Like he's just not good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just, I don't know. That's not entertaining to me. That's and why get- no one goes to PGA Tour Champions events because like no. they're old and probably not that great anymore. Like I don't need to watch that. Who gives a fuck? I get all these emails from people on t- tweets and they're like, oh, I don't even watch the PJ tour anymore. The last few winners, been it's so watered down now because all the better players are at live. Okay. Let's look at the last first three winners of live. Are these names going to get you excited? Charles Schwartzel. Yeah. Way to go. Brandon Grace. Holy shit. Heinrich Stenson. Like who gives a fuck what those three guys have done? Yeah. To be like, no, the live is where it's best. Like your last three winners are those three guys who are just, if they're on the PJ tour, you wouldn't even think of them all week long. Yeah. It's yeah, it's just crazy. And then we had the <laughs> and then I don't know if anybody was able to watch it because I guess when you clicked on the I don't know if Solly meant to do it, but he tweeted out the link to the courtroom or whatever. Oh yeah. That like yeah, was given to the that was given to the media and like random people started going into it. And it I think only a certain amount of people were allowed to watch only it. Five hundred, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and that was just a shit show yesterday. So for anybody who doesn't know, for some reason, Liv is suing the PGA Tour. And yesterday, three players are trying to get in the FedEx Cup from members of Liv were trying to play in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Taylor Gooch, Hudson Swafford, and Matt Jones, which, man, what are we going to do without those three guys? At the <laughs> no idea. How are we going to survive? Yeah, and it ended up going the PGA Tour's way. PGA Tour won round one of the legal battle that I'm sure is just going to just continue to snowball down the stretch. But yeah, the live, uh, I don't know if anybody from live talked to their own lawyer before that started yesterday. It was incredible. All the tweets I saw, I, didn't, I couldn't get in the room. It also sounded like just a boring two hour watch, but it was fun to like catch the updates. It sounded like the live lawyer had no idea what was going on. They called the FedEx cup, the super bowl, the NBA finals of golf, which is not true. It's obviously the four majors. Uh, what do you, they, they, they revealed that some of the live players, uh, their winnings are taking out of their, are being taken out of their, uh, initial payments, which yep. Brandel Chambly reported a couple of months ago. And, uh, a lot of people, including that caddy dude on ESPN were calling him out for it. 
and I live today kind of try to play that back and be like, no, no, it's not true. It's like, well, then show us the contracts and it's not true because if the lawyer said it in court, we're going to go with that. You know, there's a way to prove what's in the contracts, what's not. You just show the contracts. And it is very interesting because it got glanced over a little bit, but the judge said some things about the live contracts. They're like very constricting the things that they like have to do. The PGA tour would be very surprised, I guess, without how restricting the live contracts are, which makes sense. Cause when you pay somebody $250 million, you're going to want that person to do a lot of shit. That's just what it comes down to. But yeah, so the live lawyer, like you just said, said that the money won in tournaments is recouped against the live contracts, which like you said, that was denied by a lot of people. And it, it's just like he thought the or she, is it a she? I didn't even see the lawyer, the lawyer sure. or she. I don't. I'm not sure. Um, the attorney referenced they thought the Arnold Palmer Invitational was in Ohio. Yes, yes. Um, it's just incredible. It's just it's very very funny. What this is just ridiculous. Uh, they pronounced Michelson for Phil's last name. <laughs> they weren't saying live. They were selling. They were saying L I V the entire time. This is Liv's attorney was referring it to L I V yeah. the entire time. It was crazy. And there was one report that said I don't know if this is true or not, but it said that Gooch and Swafford were in a car like a mile from the from the course in Memphis, waiting to find out if they're going to get in or not. Yikes. Imagine that they're sitting in their car, like looking at Twitter or like, trying to figure out if they're going to get <laughs> like, all right, I guess we can uh, go play a different course. Yikes. Um, yeah. And then he did. The lawyer also let it slip that all 48 spots for next year's live league are already full. So that yeah. means that the contracts are already signed and we're after the FedEx Cup playoffs are over. We're just going to get a wave of a bunch of people leaving at the same time. Yeah. Although Cameron Smith did say that he wants to play in the Fe- uh, president's cup, but I guess it was reported that he's, uh, he's playing in Boston in three weeks for live. So that won't happen if he plays in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I think the, although I don't know, Stenson left probably the biggest honor you can receive in golf is captaincy of a Ryder cup team. But I do think the president's cup isn't quite on the same level as the Ryder no. cup. So, you know what I mean? Like, I don't but think it's a, it's a man. It's just like a, it's a team thing and you know, you're going to be on it and to like, just let people down like that. He's number he's number one in the FedEx Cup because they do the point qualifier list or whatever. You have to get like six automatic qualifiers, I think, or eight or something like that. Um, Cam is number one on that list, I think, by three times the amount of points as anybody else. Like yeah. he leads that. It's not even close. Yeah. It's just like if he doesn't play in the President's Cup and if Leishman doesn't play too, it's like what – like. Does anything matter anymore? Does anyone care about anything anymore? Like, you could just say no to this event, you know, a month before it began where all these things have planned and like all the teammate teams have been put together. You're just going to go, no, I'm going to go. I'm just going to get this big, huge payday and just play with my friends. Yeah. For, for a lot of guys, once they, once they see a certain number, I don't think anything matters anymore. Nothing matters. Right. Which is sucks because like for us, for fans, it, it just makes the product of golf that much worse. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Yeah. Big, big bummer. A weird, a weird golf day yesterday. Very weird golf day. Actually, you know what? This president's what? cup international teams roster is going to be pretty good. Although the, yeah. the top two names might, might go to live. So I guess that kind of knocks it down. Is that leash and, uh, um, no, no, no. Cam Hideki? and, um, Hideki. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's right now. Cam Hideki, Sungjae, Neiman, Corey Connors, Mita Pereira, Adam Scott. Like they got some boys on that team. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you want to tell you want to tell the people about your fantastic experience at the Medina yeah. member guest because 
we talked about this yesterday, obviously, but uh, yeah. some of the gifts that you received are just absurd. Yeah. So it's my first member guest. And if you're going to have your first member guest anywhere, I suggest you do it at Medina Country Club, where, of course, it's close to the 2012 Ryder Cup, the couple of that PGA in 99, when Sergio had that shot, uh, a couple of US Opens. This is a historic, awesome place. And so you pull into those gates and, you know, there's three courses and everything in some plush conditions. They have that huge clubhouse that was built in the 1920s. And you just feel this aura of this game. And uh, I told you yesterday, I think the more I thought about it, I think I had a better experience there than I did at Pinehurst when I played there in April. Which, which is, is crazy. Crazy, crazy Pine- right? Pinehurst is like outside of maybe Pebble and Bandon is where every, you know what? I might, you might even put Pinehurst ahead of Bandon. I know. And I, know, I think it it's depends. crazy. I've been it's close, but it's nuts. It's close, but it's like, just like this old school country club with three courses, a member guest where it's just a festive atmosphere. It's right. It's all the free booze. You can drink all the food you can eat. So we just go around to holes and there'd just be, there'd just be huge coolers full of high noons and beers and all that stuff. And then we get there and I think we, we get these, we get these uh, gifts the first day they, they, they had all these shirt makers lined up and go and pick up your three golf shirts the next day, they had a golf bag station where you go and you pick out which golf bag you want, how you want your name signed on the back, and then they ship it off to your house. And the third day, they're like, hey, everyone gets a Scotty Cameron putter. You know, <laughs> so we pull up and there's this, I'll never forget this table. My buddy, was, we're driving in and he was like, do you think they'll just have us like fill out a form and they'll ship it to us? Or do you think they'll have a bunch of Scotty Camerons? Like, I don't know. I think they'll have some Scotty. So we pull up and on this desk, dude, it's like 300 Scotty Cameron putters. Were they all the, uh, I know you got the Newport too, right? Were they all yeah. that, were they all blades or do they also have like the big boys? All blades, all 34 inches. So like you couldn't wow. pick. I usually play with a 35, but I, I took the 34 in the bag immediately. So I'm like, I, I, I want to see what this can thing can do on course number three on Saturday, our final round. And the thing, I was putting lights out with it and it's, it's it was great. Cool Medina, uh, head cover. I mean, just perfect. But as for the golf itself, I was telling you yesterday about the nightmare I had. So I, I went to the range yesterday to make sure I, w- I didn't forget how to play golf because before every round there, I went to the driving range at Medina and shanked, cold shanked, hosled like every iron shot I took to the point where one day my friend goes, you can only hit driver on the driving range. No, no seven irons. And I went I hit like 10 drivers straight. I'm like, let's get that seven iron out. Hosel, 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 hosel. Like, to the point where like, the guy next to me was like, dude, come, what's going on over there? I, like, he thought he was going to get clipped. by a, It was bad. <laughs> I knew it. By the time I got the club back here, I knew I was in trouble. I'm like, this is I, the place is somewhere weird right now. And so that, that cart ride from the range to the tee each day was about four minutes. And it was the most stressful four minutes of my life. Like, do I run? Do I just get out of this fucking cart and just run out of this place? Like, am I going to embarrass my friend? Am I going to embarrass myself? <laughs> this is going to be brutal. And you know how it is. Like, and then the first tee shot on her first day, I, I was shaking putting the ball in because it's just surrounded by everybody. And I'm like, if I shank this thing and I blow my drive down the middle of the fairway somehow. And Cole, I, I think I hosled my second shot, the approach into a par five. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Got like an eight on the first hole because it was now just blading across the greens. And then for the next four holes or five holes or so, I was just nervous the whole time waiting to hosel. You know, that's the worst mindset you can be in. It is the worst. You've seen it in person mm-hmm. with me. It is the, it's the worst experience of all time having the shanks. It sucks. Is you take like, you take your like practice swing and like, all right. And then you get over the ball and you're like, oh, it's like, there's nowhere to hide. You're just like, <sighs> you're just totally exposed. 
let's not do that again. <laughs> and I did it every morning, dude. Every morning. I, I never hosel balls. I would hosel 20 of them, get, get in the car and go to my buddy, like, all right, here we go. Jesus. But the best part about it too, this club, this club is unreal. I mean, it's, it's just in a crazy place. And after our, our rounds, we would we'd gather guys and be like, hey, let's pick nine holes. Let's go play another nine holes. So there's three courses. So someone would be like, oh, let's play let's play the front of two. And someone would be like, let's play the back of one. Be like, oh, yeah, I like the back one. Let's go play the back one. We just jump in carts, smoking cigars, drinking booze, hitting shots, trying to, you know, laughing over putts and stuff. It was just like, it was the best. Unbelievable. <laughs> It was it was the night the people there were the nicest people in the world. A lot, a lot, a lot of cash in that place. Oh, I can't even I can't even imagine how much money is in that place. And one the second morning, so if you remember guests, you just booze until like you just you just drink a lot, right? And so the second morning we had a tea time at noon, thankfully. And we got there like 10, and my buddy goes, I'm gonna go to the range. Why don't you go sit in the steam room for a little bit? I go, that's a good idea. Sat in the steam room for like 20 minutes, just me alone and Steam. I've been in the steam room forever. All of a sudden, the steam comes up. You can't see the door. I'm like, what's going on here? So I'm just sweating, just high noon watermelons just pouring out of my body. <laughs> like 20 after like 20 minutes, I got out. I took a freezing cold shower and these amazing showers. I come out. Danny, the locker room attendant, need a drink? Need something? I'm like, Danny, you know what I need? I need a Tito's and grapefruit. Let's fucking go. And everyone there that worked there was just the nicest people in the world, just trying to make it like the most fun weekend you could have. And uh, man, it was a party. My friend Mike Benvenuto is a legend for inviting me there, and just the nicest guy in the world. Is his? You told me yesterday is his uh, tequila any good? His tequila, dude, is tremendous. So he makes his own tequila in his basement with one with a fellow member there, and they're trying to like get it out so they can make they can get to distribution. So he has it. Oh, they're making it. They're going to make it to like scale. Yeah, they want to. Wow. Yeah, and so because every time he shares it with somebody, this is what they do. They go. How is this not? How is how is this, are you guys not selling this stuff? Because it's so it's so smooth. Like, can you remember the first tequila you had in like college? Where like I'm never drinking this shit again. Good God, this one you take a sip of it, you're like it doesn't do it. It doesn't like hurt you like the shitty tequila does. Man, I don't know if there's a bigger of any sort of alcohol between like a cheap bottle and an expensive bottle. Tequila's mm-hmm. got to be the worst. Got it. Yes. Like an $8 bottle of tequila makes oh. me want to kill myself. Uh, my first shot of tequila is probably at a college bar where like you're instantly like, where's the bathroom? I got I to throw up. Yeah. Yeah. Where this one was like, it was delicious. So I, I, I ran in a birdie putt on a, on a par five and the number three, which ended up winning us a skin uh, four for three on a par five. That'll be and the thing, my three friends went first. We had their speaker on the things blaring my thing rolls down about 20 feet turns in boom goes in i'm yelling let's fucking go on the on this Ryder cup course our caddy's dying laughing we're taking shots of tequila <laughs> it was just the best it was it was the most fun four days of golf i don't know how i shot 87 on the final day on the number three i don't know how i did it because where my body was when i woke up Man, just a I, testament to the kind of athlete that I am. Yeah, that's a, that's what I was going to say. No, I worked, man, when I was working at the private country club down in Tampa, I worked two or three member guests. That That is an, that's a shit show. Cause the guys show up, we did a, I don't know, was it tea times for you guys? Did you guys have tea times? Yeah. yeah. yeah so ours was um, shotgun start just because it's only one course. I don't, yeah. so obviously you got to get everybody out. And these guys would show up at 6.45 a.m. And we would have a separate table just for Bloody Marys for all the boys. All yeah. the cart girls were already like stuffing the coolers with like everybody's favorite beer or whatever because we had to label the. It was, 
and they were there till eight thirty at night, just drinking the entire time. Yeah, it was, uh, and like you'd see some people at the end of the day, like walking sideways, and like we finished our first round, and like the chef there had like all these stations for like barbecue. We had like a barbecue, like a pizza, like an Italian pizza oven where they were cooking pizzas. They had this uh, mac and cheese with like this sausage on top of it, smoked sausage on top oh of it. God, and you're just like you're just throwing it <laughs> down. And then we like the first night we did a tour of Chicago where I was like, I gotta get a, uh, I gotta get a Chicago Italian beef sandwich, and I got an Italian beef sandwich and a hot a Chicago hot dog late at night. Like it was just a. And then you wake up the next morning. We gotta get back out to the club and do it again. How Chicago? Chicago is my second favorite city in the Damn. world. Well, in the U.S. What's your it's, wait? What's it, number one? Boston. It's gotta be Boston. Oh my yeah, hometown. Yep. But Chicago in the summertime, at least I've never been in the winter. I've been to Chicago, Chicago now four times. It is the perfect American city. I don't know if I've ever I've never heard like from people that actually visited Chicago and the golf around there is great. Obviously, Medina, but I mean, the golf around there is fantastic. I don't know if I've heard like one bad thing about people visiting Chicago. No, it's great Sounds downtown. And you got you got like the, everyone's out on the lake, boating, swimming. It feels like you're on the ocean. And then you go out to Wrigleyville. Wrigleyville is amazing. You get to go like, you know, this historic ballparks just in the middle of this neighborhood and like the great golf, the classic Chicago food, the, the, the Midwest people are very nice. It's, it's a tremendous city. You have had quite the golf year. Started, yeah. started out, played <laughs> Bay Hill. Yeah. And then we went Fine, to New was, Orleans, but I mean, like, that's yeah. nothing. And then that was great. That'll play that, that city course was awesome. Oh, yeah. What was that play? I never, I Aberdeen don't think I. Or was it I I didn't pronounce it right one time the entire yeah. time we were there. Aberdoll or something like that. Yikes. How do we forget that? Any whatever. And then you go to Pinehurst, play all those golf courses. Yeah. And then you went to Medina, played all those. That is a. Yeah, I'm lucky right now. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Jeez. I got to tell you one last story about my friend, Mike, too. Okay. Five handicap, maybe six. He's supposed to carry our team, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's case. <laughs> yeah, he's supposed I to can't... carry the team. <laughs> he had a case of and I'm sorry, Mike, if you're listening. He had a case of I can't get off the tees, right? Or like one tee shot, and we've all played golf, so we know what this is like. One tee shot is like right, right, right over the trees, right? It's like not even it's not down and right, it's like right. So the next tee shot, the next tee shot left, right? You're like, oh god. Next tee shot might you might even hit a few like They'll go in the rough about 60 yards up the foot in the straight and, you know, in the, in the rough in front of the tee box. So it's like, you don't know, you're trying to figure out your miss and it's your miss is everywhere. Yeah, he's stuck. And when he's you can't get off the down. tee, especially on these long ass courses, like you're, you're, you're fighting for your life. And yeah. so he was, he was down at times. He was angry. Like we all would be like, he, you know, greatest guy in the world, five or six, really good stick. Played great in our practice round, by the way. And then on the final hole, the 54th hole, the 18th hole where the Europeans beat the Americans in the Ryder Cup, my buddy Mike stands up to the D and wallops one. It never moved left or right, just stayed straight right down the middle of the fairway. And as it was midway there, I started laughing out loud. And he turned back to me and he goes, that's how I'm feeling inside right now. (laughs) This is the dumbest game in the history of the world. 53 holes. We've all been there, right? You can't do anything. And all of a sudden, clicks. And you're like, why Why now? Why did that just happen now? And it usually always comes at one of the last holes. You play like shit all day. And then on 17, you're like, I think I just found something. And then you're done. Yeah. And then he called me the next day. When, after I left, he played three again Sunday morning with a buddy. 
And he hit his, uh, his drive straight, hit his approach just over the green, chipped in for birdie. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but he and I played our asses off. We had a couple of bad days the first two rounds. And then the third day, we lit it up. Like, we actually played really well. And we, we were like, we were probably in the bottom 10 of 60 going into it. We finished 27th out of 60. Not bad. That's pretty good week. It was all stroke play and stuff. So it was good. Yeah. Like, in the, but everyone always asked me, like, did you guys contend? Did you contend? And it's my first, it's my first memory guess. Like, I never even cared about contending. I was having so much goddamn fun out there. Yeah. Like, you're going to let me play golf for four days. I don't care if I win something or not, but we want to skin, which is cool. But like, I was never like, we got to get in the top five here. Like, give me another high noon and let's try to make birdie here. Yeah. That's the, always the tricky part with a member. I've never played in one, but again, I've been, I've been to a bunch of them. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to be a really good time, but then it's also competition and it's very hard to like walk that line, you know, because yeah, you don't, want, you don't want to take it too seriously. And you're like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like stick up your ass the whole time. Like, you know, whatever. We played with these two guys in the middle round and they're nice guys, but like they were out, they were competing in, like they were playing really well. Like right. They're bombing the ball. They're, they're very good golfers. One was a plus, like a plus one, one was a zero. Oh, sticks. And so they were, they were, they were competing. And so we're like, my buddy has tequila. I'm like, you guys want some tequila? Yeah. And they're like, it's like in the seventh hole. They're like, uh, we'll just see. We'll see how the round goes. We'll see how the round goes. So I'm like, come on, let's go. <laughs> this homemade tequila. No one says no to tequila. Like, yeah, we'll see. You know, they're drinking Miller Lights and they're still having fun, but it's like, they were trying to win the day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wait, we, so, so you played what? Third, you played Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. I played the number three practice round on Wednesday. It was awesome. Wednesday afternoon, when I first got to Chicago. And then on Thursday, we played number one. Tremendous course. Such a fun course. Friday, we played number two. Awesome course as well. There's a 460 yard par four, 17th hole through all the like, it's old trees lining the fairways. I went driver hybrid two putt par one of the best parts of my life works. damn yeah it was Hell good yeah. it was real good my, my buddy goes on 17 he goes if you get this ball on the green so i was like 215 and out he goes if you get this ball on the green i'm gonna tackle you <laughs> like we're really competing here so i hit a laser it goes right on the green and as soon as it leaves my club i start running away from the cart i'm like you're never gonna get me <laughs> our caddy's like this is the best weekend ever you know that's <laughs> It was just fun. So then we played two, and then Saturday we played number three, the Ryder Cup course, which is going to be torn up in about two months. They're going to do a huge redesign there. So like the redesigning, it, not like even 17. a restoration. No, like the legend, like the legendary hole, the seventeenth hole. Remember that part of three over water where yep. uh, Rose and so those guys hit those big shots. That hole is going to be gone. Like eighteen is going to be gone. It's just like we were standing on one tee. And it's like this is what's going to happen here, here, and here, and here. I'm like Jesus, I wouldn't touch a. I wouldn't touch a lick of this golf course, but I guess they want to make it harder for the pros, but they also want to make it play it more. They want to make it harder for the pros, but also playable for, for hacks like me membership. So but my, who, I, my, I believe that they'll make it look very, I think they're going to make a very good golf course. Do you know who's doing it? He told me, but I forget the names. It's like three guys. I think, uh, Oh, what's his name? Uh, the U S open winner, uh, Ogilvy, his group. Okay. Jeff Ogilvy. Yeah. yeah his yeah. group's doing it. Okay. But yeah, like the grounds there are pretty cool. And, and one night I might've had a little too much, too much to drink. And I might've said, how do we get to the top of the dome at Medina? And we might've found a way up there, but I don't want, I don't want to get my friend in trouble. So th- th- those are all those rumors. Yeah. We're, tr- we're going, we're trying to go next year again. So we're not trying to get, yeah. you know, it's not getting in trouble here. But it was, it was a great uh, four days. And, and my buddy is one of the nicest guys in the world. So, you know, when you play golf with a, f- a good friend for like four days, it's like, it's just, it's just fun. Yeah. Just it's just laughing. a good time. 
And every morning he would start off by putting the cigar, the cigar holders on each side of the cart, you know, like on the pole of the cart. And he's like, all right, cigars are set to go for later. Cup coolers full. Let's go to the tea. Unbelievable. It was great. What a superhero, that guy. <laughs> he's a legend. <laughs> I invited him to my memory guest, but the whole time, I'm like, he's going to come down and be like, oh, this, I mean, this course is fine. It's just, you know, what's wrong with your driving range? Why is all that dirt out there? <laughs> Our driving that range is a, a mess. Man, if you're if you're a member of at a course like that, it must be hard to play anywhere else that isn't up to that standard. Yeah, I was talking to one of the guys who played with the first round, and they just gotten back from a trip to Scotland. I was like, "How was that?" And he was telling about the itinerary. He's like, "So good." He's like, "And then we took a helicopter into St Andrews." I'm like, "I'm sorry, you did what now?" <laughs> He's like, "Oh, it wasn't that bad. It was, it was it wasn't that expensive, so we did that instead." And then we took it another one into like Muirfield or some other classic place. I'm like, you guys took fucking helicopters into St. Andrews? Imagine that entrance. Imagine having that much money that you could just do that. Imagine flying in on a helicopter in St. Andrews and being like, all right, we're going to play the old course now. But That's so stupid. Those guys are really fucking cool. Everyone there, everyone in that course, I'm sure there were some stuffy people there, but I, I, I was never a part of I was never with them. Just you always want to stay away place. from those people. Yeah, everyone at that place was super nice. The workers were great. And we uh we had a blast. Now I got a new Scotty Cameron putter. Hell yeah. Um, what else we got going on? We got the first playoff event. Yeah. Yeah. We playoffs. uh we made all our picks yesterday, which I mm-hmm. guess we can we can run through all of our picks. Yeah. Uh, for everybody out there. But we have uh Andy needs a couple wins in a row in his in his survival yeah. year long thing or whatever, because we are on an absolute cold streak with that. And who do we end up going with? Victor Hovland. Victor. Victor. Which I like. Mm-hmm. I like that pick. Yeah, you 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 talked me into that one. Yeah. I don't I don't have many I don't have many big name players left and uh he's the biggest of them. And I, I with two tournaments left in my season, you know, season long thing, I need a, I need some I need some heroics here. Yeah, we need something some to happen. Yeah, finally we have uh I'm not saying like I said this yesterday. The last month for the PGA Tour is like low key sucked after they open. The girls have been fantastic because they yeah, had the man. Scottish and then they had their British. Yeah, Mirfield uh, was beautiful. Yeah, Mirfield was unbelievable. But all the best players in the world are back, which is really nice. Scotty Scheffler, Cam Smith, Rory. Um, mm. I think Spieth hasn't played since the open either. He's back. JT, pretty much everybody. Yeah. Um, all my picks are pretty much the usual suspects. I had Rory, Will. Who uh, Cam Young? Um, I put Spieth on there. I know my card will come. My full betting card will come out later today. I had a couple other, like Davis Riley. I think ended up being on there. I already forget. Yeah, but I'm actually excited to like sit down and watch golf. I haven't had a weekend where I'm just gonna watch golf this weekend. Yeah, I got fired up when I saw the PGA Tour put out their feature groups the other day. Like all five or six of them are just like it's stacked. Yeah, they're loaded. It feels the- like- it, it, it feels it feels like it's been a long time since we had that four days at St Andrews where like everything was amazing, right? So I'm hoping <sighs> that we get hoping that we get some fun golf. It took me my body like days to recover from sitting on the couch for that long on those four yeah. days. <laughs> it was brutal. It was tough. It was tough. Uh, what else happened in the world of golf? Ricky and his caddy split up, which yeah. was which is surprising. He's been on the bag forever. Also, another split up too was Zal Torres cutting his caddy in the middle of the tournament. I know it's too bad we didn't grab uh, Will's contact when we saw him in New Orleans because I was going to offer my my assistance to him. Yeah, I was going to tweet at him. What a weird thing to do in the middle of a tournament. 
man, whoever gets whoever gets that bag is going to make so oh. much freaking money. It's insane. Yeah. What about Joe LaCava? Man? I mean, if I'm Joe LaCava, I'm hitting the Bulls out Taurus. You know what? I wonder if, if uh, and because Tiger said, I think he, Tiger said something about he would let Joe do that. I don't know on a, on a yeah. full-time basis. I think kind of like more of a fill-in, but. I, I don't think know. Tiger's only going to play. He's not going to play a ton, right? Yeah, five weeks a year, maybe. I know Joe did an interview with, uh, what late night guy is that? Not late night. Oh, yeah, Dan Patrick? Yeah, yeah, Dan Patrick. And he said, it look, he hopes that Tiger's going to play the PNC, which is pretty much a given, right? Because you can use a cart during that. The Hero. Which you think he's going to use a cart at the Hero? Because it's not a PGA Tour event. No, I don't think I don't think he will. You don't think it's so? like a real event? That's not a PGA Tour event, but it's like more of a real event than the father son. So yeah, I guess that's probably. I true. don't think I don't think he would. He'd have too much respect for the other guys to do that. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of the the other ones. He Joe wants him to play once or twice before the Masters. Yeah. So that's a decent. I mean, that's like a decent amount of golf. Yeah. I don't know where he would go. Um, I mean, he's won a bunch at Bay Hill. Which I could see him playing Bay Hill. It's not that hard of a walk. I don't know. It's, there's a lot of hills out there, isn't there? You I, think I, so? From I remember, yeah. Maybe it's different when you're. I know when you're walking the golf course, it's pretty much flat the entire time. But on the course, there are a little bit. Yeah. Um. And I've never been to Riviera. What does Riviera look like? Uh, like Riviera. Once you get off that elevated first tee, everything is flat. It's you're just down, in that valley. Down the valley, yeah. Hmm. But he never really liked it there before, but then it's his tournament. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm always – because he loves the golf course, but he just always plays like shit at that, dunk, right. at that tournament. Right, yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, what else? I don't know, man. It's a weird time for golf. It is just a really, really weird time for – did I tell you that – did I tell you I'm being sent to the Live Boston event? Oof. Ooh. I got to cover Live that week. Uh trader that's gonna be i thought fun. you're a pga tour shill you scumbag yeah i know they do fill my they do fill my bank account very nicely but i do have to work for live yeah. that week where's that what uh, is that the international it's called the right? international yeah it's like it's like 40 minutes for me um it's probably like 20 minutes outside the city yeah apparently it's just obnoxiously fantastic yeah never been you ever played though ever heard of the boston club down in hingham no it's a legendary golf course. It's only got like a couple hundred maybe members at the most. And it's like, it's all built to be like natural. They don't want, like you can't have carts out there. There's no like real T markers. There's no yardage markers. Uh, but everything is like pristine. Like a buddy of mine is a, me- is a pro at the club down the street from there where Belichick lives. And I went to play there at his club and he was like, oh, my club's a little busy. Let's go over to this other random club. Let's go to this club down the street. I'm like, all right. And we pull up to the Boston Club, and I told friends later I played the Boston Club. They're like, you played the fucking Boston Club? Like, it's so hard to play. And like, literally, like, they, it was just you felt like you're in nature hitting your golf ball around. And there was like an elevated tee shot where then like like a hundred yard elevated tee shot where then the path down the hill was like through the woods. And you're just carrying your bag and your back with your buddies, and it's just like amazing. God, that's the best. Yeah. Look, Google it later, the Boston Club. It'll I'm going like to. In awe of this place. There's so much good golf around here that I just haven't really seen yet. Like, there's Greyhawk outside Boston. That's supposed to be awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, down the street is the Renaissance, which is an obnoxious golf course. It's like $50,000 to join, and then an, the yearly thing is ridiculous, too. That's like five minutes away from my door right now. Yeah. Then, though. Bill Rekka had a couple of nice courses out there. 
Um, oh, I was telling you yesterday, I got to start playing more golf because I've officially committed to yes. qualifying for the mid-am next year. Yeah. Yep. So you got to do, you have to do a couple of things to do that, right? You got to get a, you have to get a handicap. We got to figure out what this handicap is. Yep. I got to go on USGA. I looked into it yesterday. You got to pay, I think it's 70 bucks for the year and you can just keep your handicap through the USGA, which I think that's, I don't have like a, I don't have a golf course. Like some people yep. have their handicap through their country club or whatever. I don't yep. have that. So I'm going to have to do it through the USGA. Um, and then I have to get it down to uh, 3.4 or lower. Is okay. the and that's a that just gets me into the qualifying, like the local qualifying. Now, if you're at like a five, can you just live put in a couple of fake scores in there and get down to a three point four? Uh, I, yeah, I'm sure. But uh, the thing, <laughs> I I want to, I don't know. It's 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 weird because I obviously would love to go to the U.S. Mid Am. That would be ridiculous. But I think winning would just getting down to a handicap that would get me into local qualifying, I think, is a win. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Local qualifying is the is the the goal, right? Just to there's there. a lot of good golfers there, dude. Like three yeah. like three point four, you're a stick if you can get down to three point four. And then only that, like it's like once you get into tournament play, like things change. Like a three point four in regular play is is fine, but like that could be turned into a seven point six really easily, right? Right. Where like you have to play, like you have, you have to every shot counts nerves are involved you know it, it, things can get squirrely out there pretty quickly yeah so i'm excited about it so i showed you i showed you before we got on i went to the range this morning i'm grinding the swing feels fantastic my divot pattern was an 8.3 out of 10 yeah it was beautiful yeah beautiful so yeah i'm excited because i've never i've never um except when i was doing my pat stuff like practicing all the time i've never had like a goal in golf it's just like oh like i'll, I'll go to the range and try to get like better now it's like no i have to get good now over yeah. the next year that's a good goal to have oh yeah just you know you're gonna you're gonna be hard pressed in boston from november to april with weather and shit but you know yeah luckily luckily dad's got the simulator so at least i'll be able to swing yeah like obviously it's not playing golf but i don't have to go four months without swinging a golf club which is nice right and you got that new putter and I got the new putter. I got a the perfect practice mat set up in the apartment. Ooh. I've been I've been grinding, hitting a lot of putts. I actually kind of enjoy putting. Yeah, putting's fun. Yeah, I love putting. So, yeah, man, it's gonna be a grind. I'm excited though. It's gonna be. We sweet. did a putting contest at Medina. They have this big, you know, huge practice green, and they have lights in all the little holes in all the holes. So like the cup is this is like lit up thing, and it's the first night, and we we're all just banged up. And we're just putting in the dark, like 90 footers in the dark. Like, all right, whoever, like, put money in, whoever makes it wins. And, like, you just you just wallop it. And you're like, is that close to the hole? <laughs> it's just pitch black out, dark out. But he's got the lights from kind of, like, the, the dining room areas and then, like, the, the holes. And I don't think any of us hit any of the putts. But it was fun as hell just to walk around and try to hit 90 footers. Dude, when I, when I was working at the country club in Tampa, those members would do, would do putting contests on the practice screen and do $100 makes. Like going against each other, if you made the putt, only one chance. Yeah. And if you made it, the guys obviously he just had like wads of hundreds, and it's just a ridiculous amount of yeah. money in some of those Florida clubs. But yeah, I love putting. So yeah, it's gonna be a grind, but I'm excited. So this year, this year it's at Aaron Hills is the mid am. Um, I'm actually the the local qualifying in Massachusetts hasn't even happened yet. It's on the twentieth, but obviously that at? it is Where's at. It's in um. Is it Weymouth? 
I don't know what golf course. I don't know what golf course it is. I can look it up super quick. Um, and then, yeah. So the finals at Aaron Hills, which is sweet next year, sleepy hollow. So I can drive to sleepy hollow. Yeah. That's in New York. That place is sweet. I don't know if um, like thumbprint green and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking awesome. I know a dude who's a member there too. I got to call him. Hey, Hey. At Sleepy Hollow, you do. Yeah, I, actually, I got, we have a we have like a connection a friend, somehow. Someone I know in the business. Uh, someone, um, we have a connection in golf week to Sleepy Hollow. Oh I yeah. forget. I forget who it is. I would love to play Sleepy Hollow. It looks yeah. fantastic. Yeah, that place looks amazing. Um, I don't know. I think it's Weymouth. I'm not sure. But you would have to get through a local qualifier to get to Sleepy Hollow, right? Uh, yeah. So. The local qualifier, I think <coughs> three three spots go to Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Or five or something. So I would have to play really good golf. I would probably have to shoot like like three or four under, probably. All right. So we gotta get you in like are there like local tournaments that you can just join regularly? Like is there a local tournament league that you get into to get tournament play back under your belt? Yeah, I, I think I think for the rest of this year I'm just gonna play. Just because, yeah. although I don't know, like we can play golf up here until pretty much oh, November. I was like Thanksgiving ish, like maybe a week yeah. or two before Thanksgiving. Usually the course is closed as soon as they get snow on them. Other than that, they stay open. And then yeah. the courses probably reopen like late March. So you only miss like four months, really. Yeah. But so the rest of this year, I'm just going to play and then I can join. Um, every state has a sector through the USGA. Ours is just called Mass Golf, I think, and they have a bunch of tournaments. So starting next year, I think I'm just going to enter a bunch yeah, of stuff. Let's get that experience under your belt. Because I definitely don't want the mid-am qualifying to be my your first, first tournament one. ever. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> you shank one off the first. Like, uh, I got breakfast ball? Uh, yeah. No, we don't do that. No? Yeah. I got to play it from there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's going to be sweet, though. I'm pumped. I'm rooting for you, man. I love it. It is tough for you to take that seriously because the only time you've ever seen me golf is when I had the shanks in New Orleans. But what are you going to do? Yeah, I know you're a good golfer. We've overcome that. Yeah. Shanks. I went to the range yesterday and I just hit like 27 irons in a row. None of them were shanked. I'm like, all right, what what happened there? You're probably, uh, if if you felt it at the top of the swing, you're, 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 we're probably shallow at the top as not as upright. So on the way down, it just got way stuck and then everything yeah. just pushed out to the right and just hosel, 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 hosel. It's so <laughs> scary, dude. The first, especially that first day, I'm like, Oh my God. Just awful timing. Like I was actually thinking about that. Cause Todd, uh, have you met Todd at golf week? No. Anyway, he, he won the lottery one year to do. Um, I think he's, I think he played Augusta. I think it was yeah. Todd anyway. Um, and I was thinking about that. Like if I cover the masters next year and somehow win that lottery, like what happens if I show up and I have the shanks yeah. at the range? Like, what do you do? Do you play? Do you just go for the walk? Yeah. I'm not, Cause I wouldn't shank it around Augusta. There's no, no chance. No way. No, no. That's what I was thinking. Like here I am in this beautiful course with a great friend. I'm like, I'm just going to shank all week. I'm like, good God. I've been looking forward to this for like a month. I'm <laughs> blow it. I'm, all those thought I, all those nights from like, can't wait to Medina. I'm going to blow it by shanking all over the course, hosling all over. <laughs> it's a dumb game. It's a very dumb game. It's stupid. It's stupid. Uh, you got it. You got anything else for the people before we get out of here? No, just big thanks to my buddy, Mike Benvenuto. You're a legend. Uh, it was a great four days, man. Playing golf with great friends. There's just something special about it. 
Shout out, Mike. Mike, if you have a, a member friend that is guestless next year, I will I will fill that spot. <laughs> Shout out, Mike. Uh, but yeah, everybody, enjoy the golf this weekend. Enjoy the FedEx. I think it's, what is it called now? The FedEx St. Jude Championship. No longer a WGC and no longer an invitational. Yeah. So there you go. So enjoy the golf, and we'll talk to you uh, next Tuesday to talk about, what is it next week? The BMW? Yeah. The second one? Yeah. All right. Later. See ya.